0: For more information or to plan your visit, check us out at citywalkchurch.com or on social media at WeAreCityWalkCA. Whether you're watching online or whether you're here this morning, hope you had a good week. Did you notice that the walls are white? Did you notice that? You walked into this morning and you were like... Something's different about church. I don't know what it is, but there's something, and so yeah, they painted the, the walls different. If you're watching online, then you't that doesn't bother you or that doesn't even matter to you. but yeah, they're, they're doing some remodeling. they're making a coffee shop out of the lobby, and so that's going to be something that's going to be available to us here pretty soon. Uh, but it's good to be here, and uh, glad that you've joined us this morning. This past Sunday. Uh, my wife, she had uh, kind of grown up, she had gone to this place called Leatherby's. And uh, she had told me about this place called Leatherby's. And this past Sunday, she, we, we went there with some family members. And so I guess there used to be one in Marysville, but now the closest one was like Rockland. And so we went to Rockland uh, because my mother in law was having her birthday. She wanted to go there. And for years, I had been told about this place. And the thing that I had been told about it was that they had this sauce that was actually made in heaven and transported down here some caramel sauce. And, and, and I just heard about it. And, and so we went down there. You see why I was distracted at the beginning. Uh, so we went down there yesterday, or not yesterday, last Sunday. And, and we were you know having lunch, and, and then it was time to get our ice cream. And you know how it is. Sometimes people hype up something so much, and you're like, it can't be as good as they say And it's not going to be as as big as the hype is, but when they brought... And this is actually a picture of the Sunday that I had a chance to partake in uh, that last Sunday. And when this Sunday came and I took the first bite, I mean, heaven came down and glory filled my soul. It It was a beautiful thing. And I was... I was extremely hurt in my heart when I took the last bite. I, I had a little hurt in my heart when I, because leatherbees and this caramel sauce that they had told me about that I expected to kind of be overrated and it can't be as good as they say, it actually was better than they say. And, and in fact, like if y'all just want to go, we can do the message on the way there and we'll just do, all go together and have a Sunday. No, I mean, it, it was that good. But but here's what happened. So you you look at that and they actually literally have to put a plate under it because the caramel sauce is just rolling off of it. So I eat all this, real sad when it was over, and then we get into the car and Lori's like, Hey, let's while we're down here, let's go looking for some furniture. It's like, okay, that's not what I really wanted to do, but yeah, let's do that. We do need a couch, and so let's go look at furniture, and And what happened was the sugar high that I had partaken in started to tail off, and we get to this furniture store, and everything looks like a bed to me, and I, I'm like, you, you go look, and and I just was sitting on the couches and enjoying, and then when I got home... Uh, it was nap time. It was like, "Wow, I am slowing down a little bit, and the high's over, and I need to to take a nap, and so I took a nap and and you can understand that, and I shouldn't have been surprised. I shouldn't have been surprised that when you like basically put an IV in your arm with sugar in it and you stuff it in your body, that after a little while you're gonna maybe have a, a little bit of a sugar let down. I shouldn't have been surprised that when I stepped on the scale the next morning, that I saw a number I hadn't seen in a long time, and it wasn't a lower number, it was a higher number than I had seen in a long time. And, and you get this, because every single one of us, whether you're watching online or whether you're here this morning, we've all had a time when we ate something, we ate too much of something, it was so good but after a while, we kind of, man, we kind of regretted it the next day. And, and maybe our, we had a stomach ache. Maybe we had that sugar high and we kind of came way down. And, and we've all experienced, you know, eating something that wasn't probably the best for us and then kind of regretting it later. We've experienced that. But, but worse than putting something into your body, you know, via food, ice cream, pizza, whatever, and, and feeling the effects of it later is... When we put things into our mind, and we feed our mind just like we feed our body, but yet when we feed our body and we feed it the wrong things, yeah, we regret it for a little while. But it's much more devastating when we put things into our mind that aren't healthy. And it's much more devastating because of a statement we we talked a little bit about last week, and it's simply this, where our thoughts go, our life follows, Another way to say it is this, your life is never far behind your thoughts. The, the scientists call it cognitive behavior psychology, and it's basically where doctors have found that that a lot of the, the things that are going wrong with people, sometimes eating disorder, sometimes anxiety, sometimes other different issues, a lot of it goes back to toxic thinking, or the, the start of it was some toxic thinking that then Other things built on it, and it came out as an eating disorder. It came out as as other different things. And that's what science says. The scriptures say it this way. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. That's how Proverbs says it and and we we understand this because we've experienced this in our life whether we're a follower of Jesus or whether we're somebody that's kind of investigating faith we we've we kind of understand this this is a a concept that that we've maybe seen played out in our life and one of the obvious questions that that comes from this idea that what we put in our heart and what we put in our mind comes out into our life is this this obvious question is can we do anything about it. Like, is there anything that I can do to not live a life with anxiety? Is there anything that I can do and not struggle with lust, not struggle with envy, not struggle with walking into a room and not thinking I'm enough? Is there anything that I can do to combat the thoughts in my mind and win the war in my mind? And it's something that probably all of us have questioned. We've struggled with different areas of our thoughts, and we've thought, man, am I ever going to get over this? Am I ever going to find victory? Is this always going to be a thing for me? Will I always be insecure? And it's a, it's a subject and a question that, that we looked at a little bit last week, and it was something that the Apostle Paul a guy who understood what it was like to struggle with his thinking. A guy that understood what it was like to, to have a past that he regretted. He, he wrote a little bit about this in the, the letter we looked at last week in 2 Corinthians. And this is what he said. Powerful weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments in every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. And basically what Paul's point was, and we we talked a little bit about it last week, is this. Man, the, the human weapons that we have your willpower, your discipline, I mean, you, you fill in the blank of the, the weapons that you have as a human, the things that you've tried to use to win the war in your mind on your own, they don't work. They, they might work for a little while, but man, they don't work forever. They don't, they don't take care of the problem. And what Paul's point was is that, hey, God has provided you with some divine weapons, He has provided you with some weapons that are from God, that have God's power behind them, that are able to pull down strongholds in your mind, to take thoughts captive that are unhealthy and win the war in your mind. Our human tools just don't get the trick done. God provides us with weapons that are capable of pulling down strongholds and winning the war. But here's a shocker, if we don't use the weapons, we never win the war. You guys know uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines, they're a couple that got really, really, obviously real popular now, but what kind of got them real popular was a show called Fixer Upper. And if you've watched the show, or if you know anything about them, and probably you do, you've seen them probably in different maybe magazines, or maybe you've read some of their books, or maybe you've watched some of their shows. But what they would do on this original show that they uh, kind of made them real popular, that that kind of got their their name out, was a a couple or a single person would buy a pretty beat-up house, and and Chip and Joe would kind of help them buy that house and show them different houses. They would buy a really beat-up house and then Chip and Joe would go in, and, and in record time, it seemed like, on the TV show, and in a record budget, it seemed like, on the TV show, they would take that house, and they would, man, change it so much, and it would be spectacular. They would fix it all up. But, but one of the very first things they would do is, after the couple had bought a house, is they would, Chip would take a group, of, a team in there, and it became known as Demo Day. And one of the first things they would do is they would go into the house and they would, man, like it would be so fun. You just break everything, rip everything out. And that was what they would do before they would, they would go in and remodel it. They would go in on demo day and they would tear down walls. They would pull cabinets and, and all kind of stuff out and kind of make it kind of as clean as possible so they could go in and kind of remodel it. And I want you to imagine, if you've ever watched that show, you might have imagined this before. And I, I know I have. I've thought, man, it would be fun to be a part of Demo Day with Chip Gaines. It would be fun. Some of you that are construction people are like, if you want to have some fun, I can, I, you can come sign up with me. I'll let you have some fun demo and stuff. Uh, but, but I thought, man, it would be fun. But I want you to imagine that it's Demo Day. And Chip Gaines comes to us. And he hands all of us. I mean, this is a pretty cool looking pail. Little shovel on it, real cute. He says, all right, team, everybody got their bucket. Everybody got their shovel. We got some walls to knock down. We got some cabinets to rip out. We got some floor to rip up. Uh, Let's get going. Everybody ready? You would look down and be like, I mean, if we're building a sandbox in the back and maybe building a castle, this is a great tool. But I don't really see us knocking walls down. I don't see us like ripping out cabinets as cool as this pail looks with this. I mean, it just obviously wouldn't, you could try and it'd be fairly frustrating. But, but if he gave you this, you know, you, some of you getting excited right now, you're like, there's some things, I could, man, let's go try it out. Like, you, he gives you this, you're starting to feel good. Because you, you can go in and you can put, put some hurting on a wall, you can put a, you know, knock a cabinet down pretty quick. If you have this tool, man, this is going to get the job done. And what Paul was saying in this, in this passage is, you know what? Some of you, you've been trying to tear down strongholds in your mind with your little bucket and your pail, and you ain't been doing too good at it. You keep trying. You keep tapping the, the wall with your little, little shovel there and nothing happens. You're putting a lot in. You're trying, man. It's not for, for lack of trying. You're working hard. But you need some weapons, you need some tools that actually have the power to take out strongholds. And those are the tools that God provides for you. And that's what Paul was talking about. He was talking about how, man, you have this this strongholds in your mind, but God provides you with the tools to tear down strongholds. And this isn't a hard concept for us to get, whether you grew up in church or not. Because we've all tried to get a handle on one part of our thoughts and we've kind of had so-so results on our own. And so the idea of having something stronger that can do the trick, man, that that sounds like something that that would be helpful. And, And Paul, the same guy that wrote this letter to the Corinthians, he also wrote a little letter to the people in Philippi. And he talks to him about, hey, let me tell you more about these weapons. Let me give you some practical insight on how you can use these weapons to transform your thoughts. And what Paul does, he does it by focusing on two questions. And here's the two questions. And they'll probably be in your app. And if you're taking notes, you want to write these two questions down. Because these two questions, the answer to these two questions will determine The victory you have or the victory you don't have in your mind. And here's the first question. When you struggle with your thoughts, who or what do you turn to? It's the first question. Every single one of us, when we struggle in different areas of our our mind, whether you struggle with lust, whether you struggle with jealousy, whether you struggle with worry, when you are struggling in your mind and you don't want to struggle anymore, you go somewhere. You you go somewhere to get relief, you go somewhere to get help, you go somewhere to get distracted, you go somewhere, and where is that that you naturally go to? Paul talks about that. And then the second question that he talks about that we're going to look at quickly is this, what are you feeding your mind? Because whether we like it or not, whether you agree with me or not, bottom line is we are constantly feeding our mind even when we don't know it. And how, what we're feeding our mind and where we go when we struggle, those two questions, the answer to those two questions will determine whether you have victory or not in your mind the same way it will with me. Because when the battle starts in your mind, who you turn to first and what you feed your mind is going to determine the outcome. Paul says this in in Philippians chapter four, as he's writing to some people that are struggling with some thinking, he says this, he says, don't worry about anything. That word worry basically means to be pulled in different directions. We've all felt that. He says, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. He says, when you worry, when you begin to struggle in your mind, when you begin to struggle in your thinking, every time you do that, with every struggle you have, and he's talking specifically about worry and anxiousness right now, he says, I want you to go to God. I want you to take everything to God in prayer and do it with an attitude of thanksgiving. See, for me, when I struggle, specifically when I struggle with anxiousness Or worry my natural bent is to turn to myself kind of to turn inward to try to take control of the situation and try to fix it logically and so when I struggle with anxiousness or worry that's what my natural in the flesh that's where my bent is that's what I try to do but it's a that's a terrible idea It's a terrible idea. It's an awful idea that doesn't work because, as you know, you face a lot of things in your life and actually everything in your life that you can't control, you can't fix, you can't change. Over the last three or four years in my life, there's been different things in my life that have caused me anxiousness and caused me to worry, and I've tried to fix it, and I've tried to change it, or I've tried to step into stuff, and it hasn't worked. But then I began to, as I struggled with anxiousness and worry, and when that would happen, I began to do something different. And if you ever are driving down Stabler Lane, you might see your pastor just walking up and down the street. I'm not like being weird, but I, but I, you know what I found is prayer walks for me have become a lifeline. To where, you know what, when I start to struggle with my thinking, whether it's worry, whether it's anxiousness, whether it's a different thing, whether I'm burdened for something, instead of sitting in my office and worrying about it and trying to fix it, a lot of times I found myself now like, hey, I'm just going to get out, I'm just going to go on a walk and I'm going to talk to God about it. And those have become lifelines for me. And what happens is it changes my, sometimes the issue doesn't change, sometimes the problem doesn't get fixed, but it changes my perspective. And what Paul's saying is, he's saying, hey, when, when you battle with your thoughts, when you battle in different areas, you automatically go somewhere. Make the place you go first, make it God. Make it go to God in prayer. Tell God what's on your heart. Paul says, tell him everything. There's nothing too big. There's nothing too small. God wants to know, and he actually already does. But he wants to talk to you. He wants to hear from you. Take it response to that in prayer. And what Paul says very next, he says, you know what? God responds to that. He responds when you come to him. He says this in verse 7, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When you decide, hey, when, when I'm struggling in my thinking, when God's the first person I go to, and I go to God in prayer with thanksgiving, it says something supernatural happens. The peace of God that guards your heart, just like a military group would guard something. Guards your heart and provides you peace that is indescribable. And what's what's neat is we could, we won't do this, but we could go around the room and some of you could share testimonies of that. Where, where you went to God in prayer about something, and maybe the thing didn't change, maybe it didn't get fixed, maybe it even got worse. But you would say there was a peace inside of me that I just can't describe to you in the midst of the craziness in the midst of stuff I should have been worried about I wasn't the peace of God and and not only does Paul encourage us to turn to God when we're battling in our thoughts but he also speaks to and this is so important what we feed our minds. He tells us to fill our minds with things that will inspire worship of God and service to others. And he says it this way. In verse eight, this will be up on the screen. He says, finally, brothers and sisters. And you know this, when a preacher or a Paul says, finally, he, ap- he means absolutely nothing by that because he still go- he goes for a while uh, still, but, but he, he's kind of starting to tie it together, at least in his mind. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, and then what he does is he just gives us a simple list of, hey, here's things that you want to feed your mind. He says, whatever is true, what, that's a pretty easy word to understand, not dishonest. See, probably a lot of the things that you struggle with in your mind, just like I struggle with in my mind, if, you, if they come down to it, they're lies. Things we worry about haven't even happened. and might never happen, but we worry about them. And, and Paul's saying, hey... Stop! Think on things that are true, not things that might happen, not, not fan. No, no, no. Think on things that are true. He says, whatever is honorable or, or worthy of respect, whatever is just, it, j- the word just means consistent with God's standards, whatever's just. He says, whatever is pure, whatever is morally clean, whatever is not mixed with impurity. This In our society today, there's so many things that, can, that you don't even have to look for them that, man, are thrown at you via social media, different parts of the media that, man, are just not morally clean. And, man, it's, it's constantly feeding. I remember sitting down with a couple few years back, and they had asked us, uh, Lori and I, to sit down with them and help them through some things in their marriage, and, and we loved this couple. It was, it was several years ago, and uh, through our conversation, they began to tell us about one of their favorite shows, and I'm not the entertainment police. The Holy Spirit's a lot better than me at that, but they began to tell us about one of their favorite shows, and man, the plot of this show, it's an extremely popular show, the plot of this show is so good. We can't wait for the next sh- episode. And then I guess because I'm a pastor, they're like, but it's really filled with pornography. I was like, okay. I mean, you, you've, some of you've watched it. It's called Game of Thrones. And, and you, you would probably say the same thing. Oh man, the plot's so good. It's so good. But it's filled with like sick pornography in most of the episodes. And I remember sitting now with this couple, and I I didn't like bash or anything, but I just thought, "Is is it shocking to you that your marriage is on the rocks? That your thinking is toxic? That you're struggling with relationships? Is this, like, doesn't one plus one always equal two? And and I again I wasn't there to be like the entertainment police I definitely don't have any issue saying hey that's probably not the right thing to watch but but it just it, it seemed pretty interesting to me and it, it kind of shocked me that man we're sitting across the table having marriage counseling you're struggling in your marriage you're struggling with the wrong type of thinking in a lot of areas of your life but you're just feeding your mind like it's no big deal things that are awful. Things that offend God, things that are not pure. And is it a shocker to you that your life and your thinking is a train wreck? Paul says, man, if you're going to have win the war in your mind, you've got to know that, hey, when when you start to struggle, there should be a place you should go to and it should be God. But in order to win the the war in your mind, stop pretending. If you put stuff in your mind, it's going to come out in your life. It's going to come out in the way you think. It's going to come out in the way you see things and it's going to hurt. So Paul says, whatever is pure. He says, whatever is lovely. He says, basically it promotes peace. Whatever is commendable or constructive. If there is any moral excellence, if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. If there's anything that's praiseworthy, if it's excellent, make those the things that you feed. Make those the things you think about. And and then he says this, and this is a bold statement. Paul says, do what you've learned and received and heard from me and seen in me and the God of peace will be with you. Basically, Paul says, you know what? I'm on the journey with you. I'm trying to do this with you. And if you'll just follow me, I'm, I'm trying to follow Jesus. If you'll just watch my example. And, and man, wouldn't that be something great for, for you to be able to tell your kids or your grandkids? Is, hey, man, I'm struggling with this too, man. I'm struggling with my thinking too. I'm, I'm battling the war in my mind too. But man, I'm, I'm going to the right place when I struggle. I'm, I'm feeding my mind, doing my best to feed my mind the right thing. So, hey, buddy, you're seven years old. Watch your grandpa. Watch how I do this. Or, or, or son, you're, you know, you're, you're a young adult. Watch how your dad does this. Uh, grandma's talking to her granddaughter. Hey, what, d- grandma doesn't have it all together, but grandma's trying to walk with Jesus, and you watch my life. Man, what, what a cool thing to be able to say to your kids or your grandkids. Whether we like it or not, we're feeding our thoughts constantly, and where our thoughts go, our life follows. Which brings us back to an obvious question. And I asked this question last week, if, if where our thoughts go, our life follows, are you good with the direction your thoughts are taking you? Are you, you maybe you're watching online as you think about your, your battles in your mind, or are you good with the direction that your thoughts are taking you or your thoughts, what they need to be? Do you feel like you're, you're, you're working to win the battle because you know that, man, what happens in your thoughts is going to come out in your life. See, you and I know this. We usually don't drift towards good thoughts. Like if, if, if we leave this kind of to itself, if we're going to drift in any direction, we're usually going to drift to unhealthy thoughts. We don't just, hey, I'm not going to do anything about it, and I'm automatically going to drift to really good thinking and healthiness, No, if I'm going to drift, I'm drifting to Leatherby's and the ice cream. I'm not drifting to the salad bar. If if I'm just letting the boat go where it wants to go, I'm going to the Sunday. And and the same thing with our thoughts. If we just, yeah, I'm just going to kind of play this one out and kind of let it drift. If we're not strategic with these two questions that Paul asks us, if we don't really consider them in our our life and and really take an honest look at these two questions, we're not going to drift to good thinking. And what are those two questions again? When I struggle with my thoughts, who or what do I turn to? What's my natural? When I struggle with anxiety, when I struggle with lust, when I struggle with jealousy, when I struggle with not thinking I'm enough, where do I naturally go to? And tell yourself the truth. Don't tell yourself what you wish you went to or what you hope to go to in the future. Tell yourself the truth. And then that second question that that Paul kind of talked to us a little bit about, that's so important that, again, we just take an honest. It doesn't mean you have to fix anything or change anything, but at least be honest with yourself to know the truth. And the second question is this. What are you feeding your mind? You don't have to change it. But at least tell yourself the truth. Like I'm feeding my mind trash, or I'm feeding my mind really good stuff. Or I'm some. Just tell yourself the truth, because where our thoughts go, our life will follow. And you, if you're willing to be honest with these two questions, I want you to lean in here because this is so important. If you're willing to be honest with yourself and look at these questions and be honest, it literally has the potential to have generational impact in your family and some of you know that some of you understand that you've already seen this play out because there's been someone in your family that had toxic thinking and you watched it play out in their life and it harmed you some of you you get this because you've seen this play out You've seen a dad, you've seen a grandpa, you've seen a friend, you've seen somebody close to you that you love have toxic thinking and never really deal with it, and you watched it play out in their life, and you watched the the strap metal from their life because they never dealt with their thinking, But, but others of you, you're blessed because you've had some people close to you that have battled to think in a healthy way. And because they've battled to get control of their thoughts, they've battled to think healthy, it's played out in their life, and you have gotten blessing because of it. So here's the question. I want you to think. Let's get real practical. How might your life change? How might it look different this week if you were intentional in your thinking by doing two things? The first one is this, stopping to pray when you struggle with your thoughts? Just one week, whether you're watching online or you're here this morning, what would, what would your life, how could it be different if this week, when you struggled with anxiety, when you struggled with lust, when you struggled with envy, when you struggled with jealousy, when you struggled with greed, whatever it is, as soon as you begin to struggle, instead of going to all the normal places, what if you stopped and went to God immediately in prayer and told him about what was going on? And ask for his help. What if just for one week you did that? What if just for one week I did that? And then what would happen if then we also begin to feed our mind the truth of God's Word? Just for one week. If just for one week we said, you know what, as soon as I find myself struggling in my thinking, I'm going to go to God in prayer immediately. And I am going to intentionally this week remove some unhealthy things that I've been feeding myself. Maybe it's some music. Maybe it's some things I've been watching. Maybe it's some people I've been hanging out with. Maybe it's whatever. I'm going to, just for a week, I'm going to remove them from my life. And I'm going to replace those with some time in God's word. And I'm just going to feed on God's word. Not, not forever. Not for a long time. But I'm going to take one week. How would your life be different? If you replace the lies in your mind with truth just for one week. And what's cool is as we do this consistently, we literally reprogram our mind and we find ourselves beginning to go to truth more. Truth begins to take center stage in our mind when we consistently say, hey God, I'm struggling in my thinking. I'm going to come to you. I'm struggling in my thinking. Let me, instead of believing a lie, let me replace it with truth. As we do that over and over again, before we know it, the truth begins to take center stage instead of the lie. For me, I've, I've never been a person to struggle with like lack of sleep. Like I've never been one that people would say, "Hey, eh, I just had, couldn't sleep good last night." I was like, "Well, I don't feel it, man. I'm, I pray for you, but I, I sleep pretty good." Until I went to plant a church, and then I, I can remember, you know, a few years back, you know, we're, we're kind of in the beginning of this thing, and remember, if you know me, I struggle with control, man. I try to control, and if you're planting a church, that's not a good thing to struggle with, uh, and so. I just remembered there would be times when my wife, she's out cold next to me, all the kids are asleep, all the animals are asleep, and Chris is just laying up in his bed, just anxious, just heart beating fast, like not being able to sleep. And I remember, man, like, so what does the Bible say? Like, okay, I'm going to be a pastor. I probably maybe should look at the Bible, see what, is there like a help for this? And I remember just saying, you know what? One of my favorite verses is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And so what I started to do is I would just lay there, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own under-, And I just repeat it over and over and over again. And it helped. It didn't make sense. Maybe the issues go away, but it helped to, instead of going to all the different lies and places that the enemy wanted to take my mind, to replace those lies and just keep bombarding my mind with truth. And I still have to do that. I still, last week after our message, you know, I taught, taught, encouraged you guys to figure out different strongholds in your mind and what truth. You know what I did? If you go to my Evernote, you'll see strongholds truth that I'm trying to replace strongholds with because I struggle with with thinking. And so God has provided you and me with some tools to have victory in our thinking. And those tools are prayer and God's word. And sometimes what we do, if we're not careful, is we overcomplicate prayer and God's word. And we think it's kind of for the spiritual people. And it's not. Prayer is simply talking to God. I want to encourage you this week, When you start to struggle in your mind, go talk to God. You don't have to know how to say the right words, or is is this the right way to say it? Just tell God what's on your heart. Just talk to God. And then His Word is just, man, just just take some time and and find a little place in His Word and and get into it. And you don't have to be like some superhero, like, hey, I'm going to get up at 4.30 in the morning, and I'm going to read God's Word for two hours and pray for 30 minutes. Go ahead. If that if you can do that, great. But maybe it starts with just, hey, I'm going to take my lunch break and I'm going to take 10 minutes and I'm going to spend time in God's word. Let me give you a few things as we close, just some things that you can, where you can start. Philippians chapter four, this this chapter that Paul's writing, that would be a great thing. Just say, you know what? Over the next couple weeks, I'm just going to read through that. Maybe read three, four, five verses a day. I'm just going to read through that. I'm not going to be in a hurry. I'm just going to try to fill my mind with what Paul's just taught. Another thing is maybe you want to start reading through the book of Mark. We're, this summer, we're going to go through the entire book of Mark as a church. And so you'd say, hey, I'm just going to get a head start. And I'm just going to start reading through the gospel of Mark. I'm going to read a chapter a day. I'm going to read five verses a day. I'm just going to start at, real slowly, just filling my mind with truth. Maybe for you, the you version." Verse of the day, the, there's a, if you're on the app, we put a link in there for you version. If you don't have you version, you can get that. There's some things in there, a lot of things that can help you. There's actually a reading plan called Winning the War in Your Mind. Seven-day reading plan in YouVersion. A lot of different things, but bottom line is this. Fill your mind with truth. As we close, let me, let me go back to my, my toys here. So this week, you're going to struggle with your thinking. You might be struggling with your thinking right now, actually. Maybe you're like, it ain't going to take long into the week, Chris. I got a long afternoon ahead of me. There's going to be some, some struggle I'm going to have to deal with. And, and you and I both have a choice. I'm about to get on an airplane and, and head to Kansas City and hang out there for a few days with some, at a conference. And there'll be some time probably this This next couple days where I'll have a battle in my mind and I'll have to choose. Am I going to try to win the war with my willpower and my discipline and my, you know, fill in the blank? Or am I going to take hold of the weapons that God's provided me with? His word and prayer. And am I going to win the battle? Are you going to win? Because you're going to have a choice. And you might be used to using this one. This is your go-to. And for you, it's going to be a little bit of retraining to say, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to, when I struggle in my mind, whether I'm a teenager, whether I'm 80 years old, whether I'm somewhere in the middle, it doesn't matter. We all struggle in our mind. But when I struggled this week and I'm only committing to a week, I'm not asking you to commit for your life, but for this week, I'm going to grab hold of the weapons God's provided. And that is prayer and his word. And we're going to this week, put our unhealthy thinking, we're going we're to go after it. We're going to put it on notice and say, no, 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 no longer are you going to rent space in my head. No longer am I just going to let this happen. I'm going to fight with the weapons that God's provided me. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. And Lord, I thank you for, for Paul and Paul's willingness to just be honest and be vulnerable we know that Paul struggled in his thinking we, we know there were some times that he probably struggled with some of his past and there were times that he would go into cities and he would be uh, beaten he would be t- just treated terribly he would be insulted and and I'm sure that weighed on his mind But Lord, I'm thankful for his word that, that he wrote in Philippians. And Lord, how practical it is for us. And God, as we go into our week, whether we're watching online or whether we're here this morning, I pray that we would be people that go to battle with the weapons that you've provided us. That instead of going maybe four or five different places before we go to you, I pray that immediately when we struggle in our thinking, that we would go to you. And then, Lord, I pray that we would make a real concerted effort this week to remove some of the things that were feeding our mind that are unhealthy and that we would begin to put truth and healthy things into our mind. And God, we believe as we do that, that you will transform our hearts and our minds and that that could literally change a generation. I pray we would have the courage to obey you. In Jesus' name, amen.